BS Free Witchcraft is a production of the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network. Nerd and Tie produces podcasts ranging from actual play to true crime, and you can find more at nerdandtie.com or join our Discord by going to nerdandtie.com slash Discord. Welcome to BS Free Witchcraft, your monthly guide to the modern witchcraft movement, minus a lot of the usual, well, bullshit. I'm your host, Trey Dorn, and it is January of 2022. And, uh, you know, last month I talked about how I changed my topic at the last minute to, you know, because I didn't want to talk about a super depressing topic, and how I'd probably move that topic on to January. Well, I've, I've, I'm moving that topic on down the line, because even though I have all the research done for it and scripted, I uh, I instead wanted to talk about something else this month. And it's honestly, it's all TikTok's fault. <laughs> it's all TikTok's fault. Um, because uh, this month on the show, we are talking about Lilith, as you probably already guessed from the episode title. And uh the reason why it's TikTok's fault is because probably about five or six months ago, I uh, responded to someone and explained to them that, uh, well, I shouldn't say explained to them. I said to them that I believe Lilith is not open, <laughs> like that it's not an, an, an open thing anyone can just take from because um, Judaism is not an open, it's, it's at least at best partially closed. <laughs> That's the most open it is. And so, um, and Lilith being a figure from Jewish folklore, it's not really open for non-Jewish people to take Lilith. And I got a lot of pushback on that. And uh, there were a lot of interesting conversations. And then some bozo decided they were going to show up in my comments and on a like five and a half month old video and tell me about how... Um, Lilith was mad at me. They were telling me on Lilith's behalf. And that that just... Besides the fact that that person is apparently a prophet now. <laughs> and I have a whole reaction to that on my TikTok. Um, it, it got me thinking that like I really needed to talk about this on the podcast. Because um, I still stand by the assessment that Lilith is not... That Lilith is not an open thing for... For most of us to use right and I want to explain my reasoning and I want to go through the history and like the like how how we got to these concepts and and also you know how maybe maybe you don't maybe if you think you know stuff about Lilith maybe you don't uh, because I think by the end of this um, you're going to agree with me that Lilith is closed. And, uh, yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll agree with me. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Um, and so we're going to talk about the, the origins of Lilith and we're going to talk about the origins of like, of like Lilith and like the new age movement and how it got into it. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting ride. Um, so there's not really a good way to start this off. Um, it, it, it We always, though, have to start with the, uh, I really think, and this is just really from an, from the, for the sake of etymology, um, 
it's important to note that in um, like in Mesopotamian mythology, there are these spirits called uh, Lilu and Lilitu and, and Lilin, and that these are not singular things. In fact, Lilu is a masculine form of this concept. Um, and it's, uh, it's the Akkadian word for spirit. Related to the, um, uh, the, the concept of Alu, which is a vengeful spirit of the um, Uraku that goes down to the underworld Kerr, but um, that particular demon. But it's argued that the, the word Lilith in Hebrew is related to this, but um, the, the concept of, of Lilu are like, and Lilith too, are, are they're effectively uh, demons or spirits or night spirits? Like Lilith was, uh, uh, were night spirits that attacked men. It's this is a whole category of things, right? And they're not really like these are not gods. These are like lower beings, and there isn't a single singular one. It is a whole category of effectively monsters. All right, it's I don't know a good way to describe it exactly in in words that. Um, are kind of easily digestible there, but it is just a, in Mesopotamian mythology, it's it's a whole category of things. And we have to acknowledge these exist because it is no no doubt that the, um, the word um, finds its way into, because uh, obviously, because we're talking about the Middle East, we're talking about a general region um, that uh, words cross over and, you know, it's, and so the Lilithu and and Lilin and and Lilu are obviously words related to Lilith, but we have to ask ourselves: How do we get from a classification of monsters and demons to a singular figure? And the singular figure is is really a Jewish one now, and not an immediate one. So uh, there's a single reference to Lilith in. Um, in the Bible, it's Isaiah thirty-four fourteen, and and scholars actually disagree whether or not this refers to an evil spirit or just like a bird. <laughs> it's um, it's a passage prophesizing the fate of uh, Idom, and it it talks about jackals and wildcats coming in and Lilith showing up. Well, in the King James Bible, it it's an owl. <laughs> it's just it's 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 translated as like an owl. Um, but uh, if if we go to the Tanakh, um, we we do see the reference to a singular Lilith here, though. And uh, I want to be clear: I'm not Jewish. I am not a Jewish scholar. I am not an expert on on Jewish folklore. I am going off of what I have read, written by much smarter people. But so in the Tanakh, we see a reference to a singular Lilith here, and that's. That is the only reference in the Hebrew Bible to um, to Lilith. There's no context. There's no greater thing. Now, what's what's interesting is that in the Dead Sea Scrolls, we don't see this as a singular Lilith. That that version of of the scripture, it's um, that version um, refers to Lilioth, um, the plural. Which, which makes sense in context. All the animals listed in the section are plural. Jackals, wildcats, Liliths. And again, some people argue that this is an owl or owls. But still, 
it's even if we, we we translate this as like demons of some sort in the the older version of this passage that we have access to, it was plural. It wasn't a singular figure of Lilith. And so we have to ask ourselves, like, how do we get to the singular Lilith in Jewish folklore? Where do we see the story of Adam's first wife? How does this develop? Um, in early rabbinic uh, literature, Lilith does not appear in the Mishnah, but there are some references in the Babylonian Talmud in uh, Gemara. But these are references to like a, a demoness or a monster. Um, like they're not stories about uh, like the the Lilith figure that we've we've come to know. Now th th there had been early references to a first Eve in the the Midrash Rabbah, but that doesn't refer to the figure ever as Lilith. It's um, kind of a retconning the two Genesises and uh, making it so there was a first Eve and a second Eve like because of the conflicting stuff there. And um, But it wasn't ever, she, she wasn't called Lilith there. Um, it's not until the 10th century uh, CE that these ideas are combined and we get kind of the real Lilith-Lilith. Um, we get that union of the Lilith demons with the, the first Eve um, really in the alphabet of Ben Sirah, um, which the exact dating on that isn't, you know, 10th century is kind of a, a guess. Um, they might, now this legend, like the idea that Lilith is the first Eve might predate this, um, but this is the oldest written record we have of Lilith as Adam's first wife. And I don't want to like dig a whole lot further into Jewish folklore, but it's clear from this that like we're talking 10th century uh Jewish folklore that it's this is a Jewish idea right and and the question whether or not this figure in their own um, mythos in their own beliefs is open or closed that is up to Jewish people that is not up to you that is not up to me it's also really clear that this is this is purely a story of Jewish origin this is this is a Jewish idea now you might be asking Betray! Lilith was the Babylonian goddess. She predates all of this. I read it in a witch and or new age book at one point. Or maybe like a 50-year-old academic work. And oh boy, we got we got we got a path. We gotta go down here. Cause she wasn't. And this is a story about how one guy's fuck up can have a domino effect, which has given me a headache on a pretty regular basis. Now, what we have to go back to is Samuel Noah Kramer's translation of the Epic of Gilgamesh, which he published in the 1930s. While translating Tablet 12, he decided to translate Ki Sekil Lil Lake as Lilith. I may have pronounced that wrong, but you, you get the idea. Um, now, besides the fact that Tablet 12 is not an original part of the Epic of Gilgamesh, just... Um, and it's actually an Assyrian-Akkadian translation of the latter part of the Sumerian epic of Gilgamesh. Let's take a look at what actually happens in Tablet 12. And I'm just going to redo the Wikipedia summary. And when I read this, um, I'm going to refer to the goddess Inanna. Um, Inanna is better known to most people as Ishtar. That's another name for the same goddess. So that's just to give you a little context here. Um, and this is the excerpt from Wikipedia. This is their summary. In Gilgamesh, Enkidu, and the Netherworld, a halupu tree grows in Inanna's garden in Uruk, whose wood she plans to use to build a new home. 
After 10 years of growth, she comes to harvest it and finds a serpent living at its base, a zoo bird raising its young in its crown, and that a key sakilililake made a house in its trunk. Gilgamesh is said to have killed the snake, and then the zoo bird flew away to the mountains with its young, while the key sakilililake fearfully destroys its house and runs for the forest. Now, Kisakil Lilake, based on its name, um, Kisakil means sacred space, and Lil can mean spirit. Or, or, or it can mean owl. Lilake, <laughs> that can, that can, that can literally mean owl. <laughs> Just going back to the owl thing again. Now it's whether that this is the you know I, I don't I don't think it's a bird. I think it's probably a spirit in this particular context. But um, spirit of demon. This is not any specific like thing though. Um, and just based on context, this is really clearly not referring to anything like the Jewish concept of Lilith, right? It's um, it it maybe you know maybe you could equate it to what like you know the the original use of Lilith in 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 Hebrew um as just a general term for like a demon or spirit, but it's not. It's not referring to the singular at this point in the the twentieth century when Kramer is doing this translation. Lilith has come to mean something else. Lilith has become the singular figure in folklore, and so um, by by making this translation, by choosing this word, that's not really correct because like while well, the concept of like uh, the Lilithu or Lone or, or, or Lilu would be uh, compatible if we go with demon or spirit, because at this point the word Lilith. Is is bound so much to uh, the singular figure in in the folklore to most people. This is a huge unintended consequence. Um, Kramer done fucked up. <laughs> um, because what this does, what this really does, is it conflates the concept of Jewish Lilith as something that existed in Mesopotamian mythos. Like it. It plants this seed that this singular figure, which is a much later um, kind of addition to to Jewish folklore, it we're pulling this back to a much older period than necessarily where it belongs, right? I mean. It's this is like the the epic of Gilgamesh is like we're talking like somewhere between 2100 to 1200 BCE. Uh tablet 12 itself is from about 600 BCE. Um like either way like that is so much further back than like the 10th century CE. Like it's the 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 conception of of Lilith is so different than what what the kind of spirit that was being referred to in this story, but but this plants the seed, and that brings us to the Bernie relief. So the Bernie relief is a Babylonian relief from either the 18th or 19th century BCE, whose origin is a little cloudy. Um, we know it's old. 
uh, but it wasn't archaeologically excavated. Um, a Syrian dealer tried to sell it to the British Museum in 1933. We know that. And they declined to buy it and it ended up passing on to uh, Sidney Burney. Uh, Burney, that's where it gets its name, the Burney Relief, because Sidney Burney owned it. And he was a British antiques dealer. and he So he got it in 1935. And that's, that's where it got its name. The, the relief, it's, it's a stone relief, and it depicts a uh, nude woman with uh, wings and bird-like feet. And it's 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 a pretty clear like it's it's notable because of its size and the, the condition that it's still in. Um, now the initial theory that that when this surfaced is that it depicted uh, Ishtar, aka Inanna. Um, but other theories are posited. Uh, in all likelihood, what the figure depicts is actually, and this is at least the the the, the more common belief. It's not this is not a universal interpretation. But the more common belief is that it, it's actually a Reshkigel, um, Ishtar sister, and the goddess of the underworld. And that's that's the more common consensus. Some people still say it's Ishtar. Either way, it's this is either Reshkigel or Ishtar, one of the two, most likely. But that's not the theory that really took off with a lot of people. What theory took off was that uh, this was a depiction of. Lilith. The assertion was first made by Henry Frankfurt. Uh, Frankfurt cited as a part of his reading uh, Kramer's translation of the Epic of Gilgamesh. That's right. He thought it was Lilith because of Kramer's translation of the Epic of Gilgamesh. Now, Frankfurt also went on to say that it wasn't his idea, but he got it from Emil Kraling. And Kraling, again, Cited Kramer's translation of the Epic of Gilgamesh. There is there there is literally no other connection to actually say that this would be um, Lilith. Literally none. Um, the the idea that like they they posited that it depicted some sort of demon, and because of Kramer's translations of the Epic of Gilgamesh, which brought in Lilith again. Um, even though this is a relief from like the 18th or 19th century BCE. The, the reference to the demon that Kramer actually was translating was to uh, Tablet 12, which was actually made in 600 CE, much later than that. Um, and again, what he was translating really doesn't translate to Lilith at all, or at least the figure that people would then describe as Lilith later on. This is... This is where everything goes wrong. You see, Kramer's mistranslation and then the reinterpretation by Frankfurt and Kraling of the Bernie relief plants this seed. And suddenly we see folks trying to retrofit Lilith into Babylonian mythology. Um, we have this pre-existing concept of demons called Lilithu and Lilin already back up there, already in the stories. And even though they're not a singular figure, they are many figures, uh, people start pulling that together as Lilith. And they begin to uh, add to the concept of a singular deity. They, they begin to retrofit things. And I've seen, I have seen some New Age sources pitch Ereshkigal mythos remapped onto the supposed goddess, goddess Lilith by some. But let's be really clear. Lilith is not a Babylonian goddess. She's not a Mesopotamian goddess um, at all. There is a... Uh, what you see 
in these new age books. And I, I went and found three websites just spouting bullshit that like were fully unresearched within just five minutes of, 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 of starting up planning to write this episode because you still see this passed around that Lilith is this Babylonian goddess. And then you see like people pull in though, you see a bunch of Jewish folklore underneath and it's, it's completely remap. They try to like say that there's this ancient idea of, of Lilith, but no, 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 it's not the same thing. All right. And it's always a combination of things. There, there, there are three things out there. What we see are three things. There's the, the Mesopotamian idea of the Lilithu and the Lilu and, and, and like these demons that likely ended up in some form of, of early uh, Jewish folklore of like this, that demons existed and they had a word similar to it that became Lilith down the line. But it's not the singular idea we get. But so like Lilithu, these, this entire like Mesopotamian night spirits shit like that then we get the uh jewish folklore conception of of lilith and these are the stories everybody tells after they try to justify it with the uh, mesopotamian stuff uh the babylonian stuff babylonian's easier to say i may stick with that <laughs> um even though babylonian really just refers to a specific period in like sumeria and babylonian and like these are mythos that are intertwined and like Mesopotamian is the better word to use because it refers to the entire region and throughout all of history instead of just singular points in history. Anyways, um, so we have the, the, the Mesopotamian spirits. We have the singular figure in Jewish folklore that's actually Lilith, capital L. And then we have Ereshkigel who got her, who she got dragged into all of this because people started trying to map in Lilith into stories about Ishtar and all this other stuff and took, and, and besides taking stories that actually dealt with demons, Lilith took stuff from Ereshkigal in their new AG books. And it's just absolutely unresearched garbage. Look, if, because what happens is someone says, oh, I'm worshiping Lilith as a goddess. First off, Lilith isn't a goddess to anybody, Right? Like, there is no goddess Lilith. That's not a thing under anybody's mythology. Because if you want to go back to... for it's, She's not a goddess in Jewish folklore. Far from it. She, there is no goddess Lilith in um, any Mesopotamian um, history. You have either these lower figure of which there are multiple with a similar name, and that obviously there's an etymological, etymolo etymological link to Lilith from there, but they are a wholly different idea than what we talk about as the singular figure of Lilith, right? And then there's Ereshkigel, who she's just been dragged into all of this, and she keeps getting her mythos like slapped around and relabeled. So if you want to worship Ereshkigel, go for it. I don't think anyone is... I, I, I'm fairly certain that ancient Babylonian mythology is pretty open to people right now. Um, and if you want to go you know, build the shrine to Ereshkigel, go for it. And I think she's pretty neat if you want to check her out. Uh, Inanna's probably actually a better route to go. But, you know, if Ereshkigel's an option. Um if you want to try to summon one of a myriad of 
Mesopotamian demons called Lilitu or Lilin or anything like that. Sure, also. But, but Lilith, the singular figure, is Jewish. Right? And like any part of Jewish folklore like that, um, whether or not it's opened or closed is up to Jewish people and not you or me. And there are many who have said that Lilith is closed. So, with respect to them, I say, if you are non-Jewish like me, don't fucking use her. <laughs> it's just, just don't. It's so easy not to, right? Like, it's so easy not to. So, um, and again, under no conditions is there a goddess named Lilith. There is just, unless you're telling me that you are the personal prophet who has come down from on top of the mountain and you were spoken to by a being who has this name and is a thing, like, that's how far you have to go. Because if you want to go to the historical mythology, to the stories, to the documentation we have, to the actual, like, texts that exist, that is not a thing that is a part of any like documented historical mythos. Now, if you want to invent something new, maybe consider not using the name uh, from Jewish folklore. You know, maybe it's that easy. But I, I need you to deeply reconsider what, what you're worshiping or what you're practicing because there are many ways this road goes and none of them make you look good. Like it's when you go through the list of things you might be dealing with, they don't seem to be like good ideas to me. And it's super important. And I just want to be really clear that like we do our fucking homework. Um, don't go to witchcraft sources for this stuff. Go to academic sources. Now, this is a real challenge because, again, thanks to Kramer, there are academic sources that fuck up the Lilith stuff. Right. Uh, my language is a little salty this month. Sorry. Like Kramer's stupid mistranslation has led to, like, well, the problem is the Kramer references that, then, um, um, like, you get... <laughs> so Kramer's mistranslation, being an academic, you know, like, like, that has has that, and then Frankfurt and, um, Frankfurt and Kraling using Kramer's translation as a justification, then you get all these people referencing and citing Frankfurt. Mostly they cite Frankfurt and you get this chain of citation, 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 citation in these academic papers that if you go back to the original like reasoning, as you follow the trail of sources back, you find that um, it all goes down to Kramer mistranslating one fucking name. That's it. So... That's the situation we end up in. It's that is why it's impossible to say that Lilith comes from the the singular figure of Lilith. Again, we're not talking about the word, which does have its roots elsewhere, but the singular figure, like that Lilith being a singular being, that there is a thing called Lilith, that comes from Jewish folklore exclusively. All right. Anything else is a misinterpretation or an overt lie or 
just someone being dumb or or people picking up bad books like it's it, often most of the time misinformation gets passed around in our community because um someone wrote it in a book and they fucked it up and then someone else cited that or someone else read that and cited that and like it's end up this chain of misinformation all because again uh kramer mistranslated uh keys to kill the lake Yeah, it's a mess. And now, you know, I don't want to jump on you and yell at you for your personal gnosis. I don't want to, like, say that, like, you don't have a relationship with something that you feel that deeply to and connected to in your faith. But I want to point out that the the thing called Lilith is not a goddess. So if you are dealing what you believe to be a goddess, either they are not Lilith which is the maybe they're Ereshkigal. If just to be generous, you're doing deity work. You think you're dealing with something called maybe it's maybe it's not. Maybe it's Ereshkigal. It's got entire. Maybe it's not a goddess. Maybe you know we've got legends about all these things called Lilith too. I'm just saying. Um, either way, I don't know. I'm not in your head. I'm not in your house. But I am telling you that if you are telling people that you are working with Lilith and you are not Jewish maybe take a step back and realize that what you're doing impacts real living people. There's a real living culture that is affected by um, appropriating things from their mythology without their permission. And, you know, maybe you find some Jewish person who says it's okay. Um, I just think it's stupid because she's not a goddess. So there, there is no goddess Lilith. <laughs> like, it's just that that exists in no one's mythology. Anyway, um, so that's, that's, we had to walk down that road together, and I just, I really, really think it's important that we make sure that we go to primary sources and we do our research and we question everything we read. You know, go look up what I told you, you know, go find academic sources, you know, it's, it's not... It's worth doing. All right. With that, I'm going to wind up this episode of BS Free Witchcraft. Um, remember, this show is uh, brought to you by uh, patrons like you supporting me on Patreon at uh, patreon.com slash T-R-A-G-O-R-N. Listeners like you help make sure this show stays on the air. And if you support the show on Patreon, you do get access to these episodes a week early. Uh, this one came out pretty close to the line. Um, I'm saying that not having put it out yet because usually I have it out by now and I'm still recording, but technically I haven't. It, it's still more than a week before it comes out, so we're good. Um, and uh, I want to give a shout-out to some of my patrons um, who contribute at the shout-out level. So Stephanie Graves, Mary Stowell, Lindsay Dosey, Bruce Norville, Courtney, Amber Schmidt, Isabella Guerra, An Echo of Truth, and Kaichi. Hopefully I said all of those right. Um Remember, you can, uh, if you can't afford to contribute to the Patreon, I understand. Just share the show with all your friends. Tell them about how great it is and how smart I am. No, I don't know. I remember you can follow the show on social media. I'm on TikTok at T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. I'm trying to update there again. We'll see how that goes. On Tumblr, T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N.tumblr.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Twitter.com slash T-R-A-E-G-O-R-N. You can follow the show on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BSFreeWitchcraft. And I'm going to remind people I do not accept friend requests on Facebook. If you find my personal Facebook page, that's where I talk to my mom. Okay. 
Just uh, <laughs> if you want to talk to me though directly, uh, the best way to do that is to join our Discord, the Nerd and Tie Podcast Network that this show is a part of has a Discord, and you can find an invite for that at nerdandtie.com/discord. And you know, also there, there's we've got a great witchcraft community on there because it's also the Discord for Hex Positive, our sibling podcast hosted by Brina Garen. And uh, Bree every month, um, Bree's taking a little break right now uh, for many reasons, including getting COVID a second time. But the uh, show's still updating on its regular schedule. Just the bonus content is uh, d- delayed. But you can find uh, her show at uh, nerdtie.com slash hex. And uh, Bree's, Bree's great. Um, she's a secular witch. So, you know, while I'm a Wiccan, she's a secular witch. She's also the author of Grove Daughter Witchery. She's got a lot of really 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 great research she's awesome so um definitely check out her podcast also on the nerd and tie podcast network so nerdandtie.com slash hex and um with that magicians i am going to run away um remember uh don't be afraid to fight a god don't be a chicken be a magician And uh, I will talk to you all next month, probably with that depressing topic, or if I get distracted by something else shiny, whatever that is. It's uh, that episode of research will happen down the road. I have a script. It'll happen. I just don't want to do it yet. I don't know why. I just don't want to do it, but I'll do it. Yeah, we did this one first.